Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Episode 55 of the Scott Gibson Show. Good evening, good afternoon, welcome. However, this podcast finds you good, bad or indifferent. Tonight we'll be discussing pesticides in local campsites. Are they affecting the British runner bean? Um, lots of more coming up after the news at 5. Imagine that is how I spoke. Imagine. There's a post-it note here. Means no sense. It can remain in the post-it note area, just off shot of camera. I'm breaking down the fourth wall here. I'm letting you know what's inside. Studio uh, tour manager, just over my shoulder there, having a wee nap. Lazy shit. Anyway, how are you? Episode 55. As always, thank you for joining us. I uh, hope you're safe and well. Um, I mean, let's just get in it, right? As, as we record this, as we record this, sturgeon's gone mad. Not a sturgeon, as in the fish. Although, that would be a nice break from the normal madness that is uh, coronavirus. If an actual live sturgeon had somehow gone rogue in the uh, Scottish Parliament. But uh, no, it's uh, it's the bald nickel. Uh, Where are we? Um, It seems as if we have got into level four, uh, according to a fearless leader. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know there was a level four. I often joke on this podcast and on other podcasts that whatever Bojangles announces down south, uh, the bold sturgeon will announce it a week later with something extra added on 
because we've always got to be seen as being different. There's no way in God's green earth we could possibly have the same course of action as the bloody Tory party. Absolutely not. So now, uh, and again, I think it's the West of Scotland. I'm going to read the article because we need to find out what's going on. Um, it's now into level four. And like I said, I never knew there was fucking four levels. Um, there was something up earlier on that was telling me actually what the four levels were. Uh, oh, here it's here. Right. Now, I know they've got three levels in England. Have they got a fourth as well? I do not know. I do not bloody know. But I know that we've got four in Shortland. Uh, level, now it goes from, in fact, one, two, three, four. There's five levels. There's five levels. There's five, there's four, there's four numbers. <laughs> how do they fucking expect, how do they expect anybody to know what the fuck is going on? And here's the biggest problem with all this. See, once they start all this shite, how do they expect anybody to give a fuck? Because I was ready to have an interesting debate, a discussion, if you will. You know, a back and forth, a fracas, a scrimmage. Discussing the shitstorm that we continue to find ourselves in. I've read this one page on fucking BBC News website. Already my piss is boiled. I'm ready to go and kick Hollerid's door off the hinges and fucking torture place. So there's, there's four numbers. But there's five levels, because there's level zero as well. Ah, ground floor. So there's level zero which apparently means nearly normal. Not normal, but nearly normal. Now, hear me out. If level zero, ground floor, zero, the bottom, is still no fucking normal, what are they hoping for? So you get level zero, nearly normal. Level one, medium. We took quite a step there from nearly normal to medium. No small, not minor, straight into medium. Uh, then we get level two, which is high. Level three, very high. And then level four, lock it the fuck down. That's that's your five levels. Nearly normal, medium, high, very high, and lock it the fuck down. So, do you know what, I'm just going to read this because I don't actually know what the, what the levels mean and there may be people who are listening to the podcast who don't either. So, level zero, nearly normal, the, the very bottom of the rung, bottom of the ladder. Uh, indoor meetings allowed, maximum eight people from three households, 15 people from five households can meet indoors, meet outdoors. Right, and remember, these are all Scotland's because obviously everything differs in England, even though there's no hard physical border uh, and there's nothing to stop you driving south or north. This is what happened in Scotland. Level one, medium. Restrictions on indoor meetings between households continue. In time, level one will allow people to meet in each other's homes in groups of up to six for a maximum of two households. Level two. No indoor meeting with other households. Six people from two households can meet outdoors and in hospitality settings. Pubs, bars and restaurants permitted to sell alcohol indoors only with a main meal. And only until 8pm. Because as we know and as scientists have proven, COVID only attacks you if you're having a starter or a pudding and it doesn't come into effect until after the watershed. That's why if you're out and about before 8pm, 
you must always ensure you're eating a full main course and having a pint. What a lot of fucking shite. Level three, very high. Um, alcohol sales not permitted. Why? Don't know. Indoor or outdoor? Can he get a fucking pint anywhere? Cafes, pubs and restaurants are allowed to open till six to serve food and non-alcoholic drinks. And then level four, which is lockdown. Uh, closure to, clo- closer to a full lockdown of the type of the UK where, as the BBC fucking news, man. Level four, closer to a full lockdown of the type the UK went into at the end of March with non-essential shops, hospitality and gyms all being forced to close. Some outdoor meeting still allowed. Schools will stay open. So, question one. We've got five levels from nearly normal, medium, high, very high to lockdown. In which time they're shutting down pubs in which time the hospitality industry is getting fucking shagged in the arse once again. How how bad is it going to have to get for them to shut schools? What's What exactly is going to happen? Again, today I saw on the news a record number of uh, deaths in England and Wales since records began. Since back in the first lockdown. Highest number of deaths up until the week of November 6th. Cancer dying left, right and centre, man. Can I go to the pub? Can I go to the gym? Can I get a pint? Can I hang out with your pals? God forbid anybody was to go again. God forbid! But you can still go to work. Of course you can go to work. Of course you can go to work. For fuck's sake. Of course you can mix in an office environment. Of course you don't have to wear a mask when you're in your fucking work. Of course you can mix with up to as many different households as you want. Because you're in your work. Because COVID's not going to attack you at your work. Fuck's sake. Yes, COVID is a horrible disease. It's debilitating. It's disgusting. It's ripping families apart. But the, the fucking virus isn't a bastard. Know what I mean? The virus is flying about, you can't see it, you can't smell it, you can't taste it, and the virus is like, there's this cunt often, and the virus is going, it's just a guy gone to his work, leave him alone, leave him alone. The virus keeps moving about, keeps flying, can't see it, can't smell it, can't taste it, and it turns the corner, and it sees a guy having a pint at two in the afternoon, and he's not eating a main meal, I'll be fucking right, knowing my watch, COVID, deed. That's how it works. Wens can still go to school. Teachers can get it. Teachers' assistants can get it. What's a teacher's assistant? I don't know. Never had that when I was at school. Teachers' assistants can get it. If they can't get it, go to school. You kind of go to the gym and get a pint. I don't understand it. I still don't understand it. According to the summary here on uh, BBC News, Scotland's First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, says 11 areas are to move to level four of COVID rules and toughest restrictions. The areas uh, included in the 11 are City of Glasgow, obviously, Renfrewshire, East Renfrewshire, oh, that's where the money is. That's where the money is. In the name of God, I'll not be happy. I'll not be happy. Eastern Barnshire, Western Barnshire, North Lanarkshire, South Lanarkshire, East Ayrshire, South Ayrshire, Stirling and West Lothian. Now, interesting, Edinburgh City's no mention in that. Uh Correct me if I'm wrong, pretty sure most populated city in the country. Pretty sure, still open to tens of thousands of tourists every day. There is a pub around the corner from me uh, in Leith. 
And uh, it's a hipster pub. I've not been in it. I've not been in it. Uh, to give you an idea, uh, a, a long time ago, there was a joke um, going about of uh, a Scottish tapas that you get in pubs, which is basically a, a packet of crisps, a poke of crisps opened up uh, and, and, and handed out, right? That's Scottish tapas. So when somebody buys a bag of crisps and opens, rips the bag open for the table, the joke was, that's Scottish tapas. Now, to give you an idea, a flavour, if you will, of the absolute high-level Bob Agri that exists in this pub, they sell Scottish tapas on wooden boards, uh, four packets of crisp, different flavours, uh, opened up for you, delivered to your table. What a shiver of cunts. But, the bar in question, uh, and I've seen it with my own eyes, because I was driving to Tesco late one night, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, still serving booze through a hatch in the window. Now, explain to me, explain to me how the fuck they're getting ruined this. Explain to me how pubs, bars, restaurants in the west of Scotland can't serve alcohol at all or past a certain time, yet a bar in Edinburgh is able to sell pints of alcohol Pints through a fucking hatch in a window. This, this is we've been banging on about this for fucking weeks, and this is what it all comes down to. It's the inconsistency of it, and this, this is when people start getting angry. And towards this time of year, I even said to the missus, in fact, this very day, I went, I'm feeling very sad, and it's because there's no day left. I'm now recording this podcast a little bit later on we're reading some stuff for hashtag it's now 20 past four on tuesday afternoon it's pitch black outside pitch black outside can't see my hunt in front of my face pitch black outside there's no day anymore right the nights are further on in here. it's getting to winter time it's getting dark it's getting cold there's there's no much joy in people's lives at this time of the year anyway now the fact that you're back to being snipped in the hush can't you fuck all and in a country as small as Scotland, fucking tiny, with a, a tiny population, compared to even that of our neighbours in England, a tiny population, we still cannot get a central group of rules that govern us all. One ring to bind them that governs every cunt. This idea that I can go out just now, have some food in a pint, probably. I'll find a pub, or I'll be able to find a pub that'll sell me a pint through a fucking hole in the wall. But if I get in my car and drive 20 minutes west, everything's shut. And I know the government will turn and go, aye, but they had fucking 210 people, no well, and you only had 202. We're past the point of not getting a fuck now. It's constantly papering over the cracks. This is what it feels like continued now. And Sturgeon, Nicola, said it before, I'm a fan of the SNP. I am a fan of SNP. But I, uh, I'm i getting angry, man. I'm getting angry. I don't want to hear about fucking independence. I don't want to comment on, on Boris's uh, actions. If you cannot see by now that everything that the Tory party do is for spin and for reaction, it is beyond me. Nicola Sturgeon is a career politician. Now, I inherently hate career politicians, but I'm gaining the benefit of the doubt. If Boris Johnson comes out the now and says that 
devolution or an independent Scotland would be a disaster. You don't fucking respond to it. You don't respond to it. Because then what it does is it drags you into comments about independence and it drags you into comments about Scotland. And see, to be honest, as someone who supported independence, continues to do so, hopes in his heart that one day Scotland will be fully independent, now is not the time to discuss it. And if we don't get off that subject quick, I think that's going to do lasting damage to us. I really do think it's going to do lasting damage to Nicola Sturgeon, to the party, to the to the movement of independence, I think it will do lasting damage because let's be truthful here, people are fucked. People have lost and are losing their jobs at the worst time of year. People are losing their homes. People are losing their their savings, everything that they had, everything that they fucking knocked their pan in to put in place, the safety net, the cushion, it's fucking gone. And we're now at a time when you are bombarded with adverts for Christmas. Let's make Christmas a little bit special this year. Let's make sure we spend fucking nine grand on our dinner and £14,000 in the wains because they've had a difficult time. Stick it up your fucking arse, is what I'm saying. So I, 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 don't, I don't know what's happening, man. I really don't. Uh, I uh, deliberately avoided some conversations today, deliberately avoided some news things that pinged up on the phone because I wanted to sit and record this and I'll look at what's happened. But there, there's a, there's a, I have noticed the sense of anger has increased dramatically in the last couple of days and weeks. And um, I just, I just, again, I, I cannot help but move away from the fact that there's something they're not telling us. I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's something's going on, man. Something's fucking going on. The cunt's on the downers. So the 11 areas uh, that are moving into Tier 4, which is the most um, severe of the of the levels, before I imagine before we go back to what was full lockdown. Lock, lockdown. Full lockdown, which I think is when schools are closed, everything's shut. In the house, you got one hour for a shite and a job. So 11 areas uh, moving into uh, Level 4. 19 areas will see no change, while two, while two will move from level 3 to level 2. Has not said about the Edinburgh? I imagine it's Edinburgh. They're never going, this is the only good thing about living in Edinburgh. There's no way we're ever going back in a lockdown here, because it's fucking tourism, man. Nah, I mean, as long as it's making money. Glasgow needs to build a castle, or send a couple of Glaswegians over here to demolish Edinburgh Castle. This is maybe the only way they're getting out of lockdown. Uh, a government minister, Robert Jenrick, says England's post-lockdown tier system is being reviewed after an advisor said it may need to be tougher. Fucking hell. The number of weekly deaths in England and Wales uh, mentioning COVID-19 on the death certificate reaches highest levels since May. Now, this is an interesting thing to think about as well. We are... I think everyone's becoming a bit more politically engaged. Whether that's been what's happened in this country, especially over the last five, ten years, whether it be what's happened to America in the last four years with Trump and what's happening currently now with, with Joe Biden, or whether it be more television programmes that are shining a light on the actual workings of the political system in America and global politics. We, I think we are generally all a bit more understanding how this works. So if that is the case, surely we have to start looking at things a little differently. 
For example, this issue here with COVID and Dominic Cummings as well. Never let's talk let's talk about Dominic Cummings for a second. Never that I'm aware of in, in the history of politics, modern politics, let's just say since in the last fifteen years, since I've been a bit more engaged in politics, never have I ever seen a man a minister fired, resigned, or removed from a position. And what then follows is such a heavily orchestrated, it's almost Hollywood, it's almost a piece of theatre. Never, when have you ever seen a minister leave through the front door at 10 Downing Street carrying a cardboard box? It has never happened, never happened in the history of politics that I'm aware of. And, and if it has happened, fine, I'll, I'll stand corrected and I will be corrected. But it is a piece of theatre, that's it. Seeing the stupid cunt standing in the fucking the corner with his wee box on the phone, you know, waiting for a taxi to come and get him. As if he'd been as if he'd been dressed down. And the first thing when he comes out, everyone's like, Oh my god, what has he done? What has he done? He's done something terrible if they've made him walk out the front door like that. That's shocking. No even got a car waiting for him, tell him to fuck off, get an Uber. That's terrible. It's no real man. It's no fucking real. If anything I imagine what's happened is they've gone in there, shit's hit the fan, a story's going to come out, something's going on behind the scenes that you're not going to know about that's fucked Bojangles right in the arse cheeks. And Dominic Cummins has fallen on the sword. You know, and, and don't think for a second that that cunt's not going to be with some golden handshake or promise of fucking greatness further down the road. He has gone out there to deflect... That's what that is. That's a massive fucking deflection. That's when your, your toddler bangs himself and you try and make a funny... Oh, look, oh, You try and make a funny face or a stupid noise or jangle your keys to distract them so they don't burst into tears. That's exactly what's happened there. Boris Johnson has flung Dominic Cummings out that front door with a fucking cardboard box to distract you. So you don't know what's going on. So you actually... Do you know what? Here, listen... I don't know how I would deal with this COVID. It's, I'll tell you something, man. It must be a bloody difficult thing having to manage that. But see what he done with fucking Cummings, popping him out like that. Was, maybe Boris isn't that bad. Nonsense. It's time we start... I'm not saying we all need to get involved. Fucking rally around your local MP going like, listen, no, not that bad, we? I don't know what this voice is. It's just my generic annoying cunt voice. But we just need to open our eyes a wee bit. Just need to open your eyes a wee bit. Just need to watch that kind of thing in the news and go, right, do you think we're falling for that shite? All the best, you. And, and this is a, this is the latest thing that I've been noticing. You may have been noticing as well. When it's talking about COVID deaths, it says the wording along the lines of COVID uh, has been mentioned on the death certificate. Now, surely if we are in lockdown, or, or the, the level of tier system that we have been placed in is dependent on this arm number, dependent on the rate of infection, and dependent upon the death rate. Are we starting to count figures where COVID is mentioned on a death certificate? Surely the whole point of a death certificate is the, 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 the reason for death, the, the purpose of death, how that person died. Is that, is this where we're getting to now? Is, is this what, it, it's a further conspiracy and that we're just fudging figures to, to make people extend lockdown? 
Is this benefiting the government in some way, having us locked in this? I don't know. How, how did your how did your papa die? Well, it, it, it was it was COVID. Oh my God, mate, that's that's terrible. I'm so I I had uh, I, he walked he walked to it and uh, the number forty two bus hit him. You know, t- right off. Not not any slippers left. You know, took him right off his feet and mashed him up, man. I took split him in half and knocked him out the other road. And then the, the forty three was coming the other way. You know, and right at the top of your man. It's just a bag of meat, man. It was, it was, it was, it was got pain, painless, you know, gone quick, gone quicker. Right, so he was hit by a bus then, it wasn't he called? Oh, well, you know, they, they, they think he had COVID, you know, because he was, uh, he was old and, you know, he's he's in the group that's vulnerable and that, you know, but, um, aye, so they think COVID made him, you know, got so, suicide then, so it wasn't he called? No, no, what they're saying is, you know, the bus, the, the, the bus killed him, you know, he, he was hit by a bus and that's how he died. You know, but we've put COVID on the death certificate because you know it must it must have had it. You know, it would have been it would have got it at some point. You know, so that's the best way to do it. Aye. Mentioning COVID on the death certificate. These are the these are the things that start to drive me a bit insane. These are the things that I'm that I'm noticing. I'm picking up on it. It's, it's the slight change in word. It's the slight placement of a word somewhere else in a sentence. That just kind of grabs your ears and you go, did I hear that right? Did I hear that the death rate is up, people have died from COVID? Or did I hear that the death rate is up with the mentioning of COVID in a death certificate? What does that mean? Again, this comes back to a point that I made a couple of weeks ago in the podcast as well. News in this country now no longer has to report the news. It just has to give you a whole bunch of words and say, listen, you know, the truth is out there, as Mulder and Scully said. But we're just going to give you a whole load of nonsense and see if you can figure it out yourself. I remember a weekly death in England and Wales mentioning COVID on the death certificate reaches the highest level since May. Doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. But who knows what's going to happen? I really, I really do not know. Um, I, I cannot. I cannot see this being lifted by Christmas. I cannot. And I just keep thinking, if they had the fucking balls to address the nation and say, we are placing Scotland back into full lockdown for the duration of time, like I mentioned before, how long it takes for you to contract the virus and recover from it. Add a week, either end, lock the country down for that time. So in theory, in fag paper theory, but still theory, Based on science, if you incubate a, a, a patient for the length of time it would take you to contract the condition and then come out the other end, stick a week on that to buffer it, you know, let's be honest, that, that theory works that if you are to be locked down for that length of time as a country, no one really should be carrying the virus after that point. But it's not going to happen. Is it? It's not going to happen. Um, last week, bit here, how Scotland's rules were tightened, relaxed, and tightened again. Some of the major dates in Scotland uh, virus cases. The first positive case of COVID-19 is confirmed in Scotland. That was on the 1st of March. 11th of March, this is a scale up to this point, right? 11th of March, the first case of community transmission in Scotland unrelated to travel or contact with a positive case identified. First uh, death uh, was the 13th of March. 
19th of March, he's announced schools and nurses will shut by the end of the week. March the 20th, Nicola Sturgeon announces that all restaurants, cafe, pubs and centres were to close. Uh, UK-wide lockdown is announced on the 23rd of March. 28th of May, Sturgeon announces the move to phase one on the route map out of lockdown. That was back, way back in the 28th of May. Way back on, on the 28th of May, Nicola Sturgeon announces the move to phase one on the route out of lockdown. And we now find ourselves, as I record this, on the 17th of November. Fucking hell. Sturgeon announces his next stage of easing, easing measures on the 18th of June, September 7th. After rising cases, Sturgeon says it might be necessary to put the brakes on further easing of lockdown measures. 22nd of September, Sturgeon announces that a nationwide ban on visiting other households will be in place on the following day. Uh, a curfew in pubs and restaurants is also in place from the 25th of September. It is announced on October 7th that all pubs and restaurants across the Central Belt in Scotland are to close. October 23rd, the government unveils the five different levels of rules that might be needed in different areas of Scotland to come into place on the 2nd of November. November 17th, uh, today, or yesterday as you're listening to this, Nicholas Sturgeon announces 11 areas moving from level 3 to level 4 restrictions. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. What's going to happen? Who fucking knows? Who knows? Buy your turkey online. Because you're fucked if you're getting to the shops. Right, something that I... um, I remember seeing this story months ago and thinking it was nonsense. And then today, I'm sure, like many of you, may have seen uh, the, the messages that went out on social media... Uh, regarding Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelmy, uh, who apparently, I believe, and we'll read the article, have bought Wrexham. I, I, I think um, Ryan Reynolds, Rob McKelmy, just bought Wrexham FC as the headline. Now, I, I, I don't know if they are, I don't know if they own 100% of the club. I don't know if they own a stake in the club. I don't even know, I don't even know how this came about. Ryan Reynolds, obviously a Hollywood actor, very handsome boy. Good banter. Uh, Rob McKelmy, creator and star of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the greatest situation comedy there's ever been on the telly. And if you've not watched it, you should watch it, man. Um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelmy have successfully bought Wrexham Football Club after first revealing their, their interest a few months ago. Now, I've, I heard about this interest when it first came out and thought this is just a, a mad story. This is nonsense. It's not going to go anywhere. And it's happened. <laughs> which is which is madness, which is absolute madness. Um, the two stars announced their new venture in a video shared on the official Wrexham FC Twitter page where they started off with some heavy promotion for I4 Williams trailers, which just so happened to be the sponsor for the team. Now, the this is the video that I saw. The I4 Williams trailers is like... Uh, horse boxes, flatbed trailers, tippers, that kind of thing. Imagine, imagine you own I for Williams trailers, right? And you get to a point where you build the business up and you're obviously a fan of Wrexham, right? Or you're from that part of the world and you then sponsor your football team. I imagine if you are a business owner, that's probably a huge, huge thing for you. You get your business to a point where it's operating successful, it's turning such a profit that you're then able to sponsor, you're then able to sponsor your football team. 
What are the fucking chances? I mean, how much would it cost you to have Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelmy do an advert for your company? Hundreds of thousands of dollars? A million? Um, one million dollars. I'll fucking shit ton of money. I guarantee it would cost you more to have Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelmy do your advert than it would be to sponsor fucking Wrexham. So the two boys have gone on and they've done a they've done an advert, a trailer for Ivor Williams trailers because they are the sponsor of Wrexham. Uh, Reynolds and McKelmy admitted their viewers may never have heard of Wrexham, the racehorse ground or Ivor Williams, but they promise you will. The two stars took over the team following a vote from fans which went overwhelmingly in their favour. The, the offer was approved by 98% of the votes cast by the Wrexham Supporters Trust, meaning that they will be the owners following a final agreement, league approval and confirmation by the Football Association, the Guardian newspaper reports. McKelney, who is best known for his role in It Is Always Sunny in Philadelphia, thanked those who had helped Sorry, thank those who had supported the move, saying to the Wrexham Supporters Trust, thank you for your faith and trust in us. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds added, we are humbled and we are already getting to work. Oh shit, this is really happening. The pair promised to take good care of the team during an online meeting with supporters this month where they outlined their vision to make Wrexham a global force. This is insane, man. This is insane. Owning a football team might not be what the two actors are best known for, but hopefully they won't let the supporters down. It's it's insane. It is absolutely insane. I uh, I never thought... Let's just see fucking Wrexham, man. Where, where even are they? Wrexham AFC. Here we go. Uh, 14th in the Conference Premier. Oh, my God. They're not in league. I, I, I thought they were maybe League 2 in England. They're in the fourteenth in the conference. Wrexham Association Football Club is a professional association football club based in Wrexham, Wales. The team compete in the National League, the fifth tier of the English football league system, founded in eighteen sixty four. They're the oldest club in Wales and the third oldest professional football team in the world. There you go. I mean, I mean, if anything, it's going to get a fair bit of publicity for Wrexham. Are you going to start seeing Brad Pitt and Angelina and fucking the likes coming over for the weekend to Wrexham? Could, could this be the, the rise of Wrexham? You know? Could you find that that part of the, of the world suddenly has Rodeo Drive? Eh? Chanel. Le Baton. Other fancy fucking shops. Thousand pound a night hotel rooms in Wrexham. As the stars of Hollywood come over and watch them play fucking Barnsfield FC <laughs> in the Vanarama League Trophy this night. <laughs> oh my god. The next game uh, against Aldershot Town, followed by an away match to Bromley FC. Will you find the Hollywoods uh, great and good? over in Wrexham for the game against Aldershot Town. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Good luck to them, but, you know, sometimes... Listen, see see if you're at the point now where the world is fucked and it's on fire. See if you're Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelvey, right? You know, you put your hand behind your sofa, you pull out a fiver, 
it's major day, it's possibly major week, they put their hand behind their sofa, they pull out $50,000, they're like, oh, for fuck's sake, they toss it. Multi-millionaires, right? And you either, you either, I think when you become filthy rich, and you're also a very good actor, you know, and a great writer, both of them, talented men, they know that their money train's going to keep rolling, right? What do they do? They're not going to mean Epstein's Island shut down. They're not into that, you know? They're not wanting to go to some mad sex island. Go to Tom Cruise's island, hunt rent boys. That's not their thing. They're going to buy a conference football team. Wholesome, you know? Take them to the Dizzy Heights and the Conference North. Or whatever the fucking tiered system is. I can't, I can't believe it, man. Um... Tweet here, let's tweet here from, from Wrexham FC. Uh, if you want to follow them on Twitter, they're at Wrexham underscore AFC. Uh, it's fair to say the guys in our club shop have been busy today. Here's one of a few piles around the ground this afternoon. Quite a few going across the pond too. Do you know what? If, if anything, I, I, for for people who are investing in football clubs, I, I imagine if, if I had the money to invest in a football team, and I had the time to do it. And it was going to be a hobby. It's no life or death. I'm not trying to win the Champions League. I'm not trying to influence, you know, global football. If I've got a couple of million quid to spare, and I'm looking for something to do, I don't imagine there's anything better than than buying a conference team or buying a, a lower league team in Scotland, you know, and getting involved in it and, been part of the community and watching watching it build and grow. I just cannot see Ryan Reynolds and <laughs> the Hollywood elite at the uh, on the terraces at Wrexham. But then who knows? I I hope I hope they're serious. I hope they're in it for the long haul, and uh, I hope everyone I hope everyone works it for the boys. Maybe we'll all become Wrexham fans. Eh? Maybe in a few years they'll be in the uh, the Premier League. You know. But if anything, I suppose again, COVID at a time when a lot of clubs that we've seen are struggling, you know, businesses are struggling, people are struggling, fucking hell, we are struggling. It's probably going to be a good wee cash injection for Wrexham, so fair play to them, man. Good luck, boys. Good luck, Wrexham. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for you. Everybody needs a wee second team or a third team. Maybe it's Wrexham. Okay, dokey. Um, let's do some listeners' questions, man. Thank you to everybody on the Patreon. Thank you to all of you rascals. Uh, I cannot thank you all enough for supporting the show. If you enjoy the podcast, um, please consider becoming a Patreon. It's the best way to support the show. It's the best way to support me, and it's the only way to get access to all of the extra content. Let's mention, yes, let's do it. Almost forgot there. So, big shout out to the patrons now. Uh, last month, end of last month, I did first ever live streamed gig, comedy gig through the airwaves live on Patreon. Um, it went well enough that I never died inside. Let's just put it at that. Let's not say it was great. Let's not say it was brilliant. It's is it even the first gig back? I don't know, but it was it was odd to stand and talk in an empty room in a corner in a microphone in a camera. Um, but we're going to do it again. Some new stuff. Uh, and other stories that we never did the last one, so it's going to be, I'm looking forward to it, and this time around it's going to be on 28th of November, which is another Saturday, 
Saturday, 28th of November, 8.30pm. We're going to get kicked off and we'll run for again uh, for about an hour. Um, as before, the only way to see the gig is live on Patreon. It's streamed live through Patreon. It's the only way to watch the gig. And uh, you can do so by signing up. And if you're not already on the Patreon, then I suggest you do so. Uh, you can join for as little as $5 a month. Um, that's less than a pound a week to enjoy all of the extra content that goes on Patreon. Remember, the Rascals get an extra episode every single Friday, as well as the Wednesday Council episode. So you can get two podcasts a week, including access to all of my comedy albums that are released. Uh, there's already a comedy special on there as well. And the last live stream that we did, you're also able to re-watch that on Patreon anytime you like. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson and sign up now. $5 a month. You'll, you'll never spend a better $5. Let me tell you that. And we can interact on Patreon and you can ask your questions and you can get all the goodies coming up. And also, if you want to sign up and watch the live gig and then cancel, you're more than happy and more than easy to do that. Um, but I would say stick around, man, because every single month um, we're going to be continuing to do these and uh, there's some lots of exciting things coming up that we want to try and we want to keep building those numbers as well because it gives us an option to do more things for DIC at the fans. So get on Patreon, uh, subscribe and check that out. November 28th is going to be the next one. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Right, let's look at some questions here. Um, somebody had sent me, in fact it was Robert Gillen, shout out to Robert Gillen. Robert had sent me the link to the two junkies getting engaged in the McDonald's. Now, I have uh, strong views on this. Uh, as someone who had to uh, orchestrate an engagement on stage once as well, for someone of a similar social standing, I'm going to save that beauty for this week's Patreon episode on Friday. So, Robert, thank you very much indeed for bringing that to my attention. Uh, and we're going to discuss that on uh, this Friday's episode coming up. Uh, same with uh, Stevie Wilson. Uh, Stevie Wilson sent me a great uh, news article, uh, a lottery win, uh, which is causing... Problems in a family. Oddly, as soon as you sent this in to me and I, and I saw the article, it's a conversation I'd been having with the missus as well. So, again, those two things, boys. Thank you so much for getting in touch. I'm going to save them for the Patreon-only episode this Friday. Barry has asked um, a good question, which I'm sure most of us will have an opinion on. Uh, Barry's asked, the UK top 40, white noise pile of shite, or if you're over 30, it's no aimed at you. Mate, I cannot tell you the last time that I listened to the top 40 when I was younger. And again, I don't know if it's just phases you go through, but when I was younger, it was a big thing. It was a big thing. You listened to it for it on a Sunday. Not, not that you got excited by it, but you definitely felt as if if a band got a number one, there was a level of excitement in that and the, like, there was a, you know, there was a pride in it. It was an achievement. Whereas I don't know if it matters now. I imagine there are, but I mean, again, before, like in any, you know, artistic industry, there would have been incredible musicians and artists and bands, successful musicians, artists, bands, who never get anywhere near a top 40. But it did feel as if back then there was maybe more, I don't want to say recognisable names, because I know young Wayne's nowadays will know all the names of the people, but it certainly felt to me as if, a lot of the musicians 
established bands who were fighting for a number one single or number one album when I was young are still recognised bands now. And most of the kind of pop shite that is churned out disappears so quickly. I, I, I am not in touch with the music scene anymore, you know. Um, I enjoy finding new music through Spotify, different bands. Uh, and if I if I like them, I'll go down a wee kind of rabbit hole and l- listen to some other stuff when I'm when I'm working. Uh, oddly for me, podcasts has taken over a lot of my listening time. In the in the past, when I would sit and have music playing when I was working in the office or if I was writing, podcasts now is is what I use for my listening entertainment. Um, I I certainly don't think the top forty or the hit parade has got any kind of significant standing now I don't think so mate no uh, I certainly have not listened to it for years I don't even know if it's still going the old Pepsi charts is that even still a thing who knows um, but Barry to use your words mate I would say it's uh, it's a pile of shite is what I would say uh, thanks for that Barry uh, Kenny Bridges Kenny's asked burn the mouth off you curries what is the point of sweating uh, sitting sweating uh, uh, sitting sweating in pain trying to eat something so hot Um Kenny, mate, I'm going. I'm going to agree with you on that one as well. Here, here's my problem with the hot curries, right? I I like heat and spice if it has a purpose, if it is there to add to a dish or you know highlight a flavour. Fully on board. These people who have like come and try the spiciest curry, why don't you fuck off? That's no. That's not ch- like that's not an enjoyable thing, you know. Why, why so there? Come, if you can devour the world's hottest curry, then we'll give you the meal for free. Why don't you just go, here, why don't you come in and have your dinner? And if you can eat it without us shooting you in the chest, then you have it for free. What's the point? I never understand that. I don't know if it's a macho thing. I don't know if it's, you know, oh, fucking, I can handle hot stuff. Can you, good, good for you. Good for you, you dick. Who cares? I mean, I'm not a korma man. I'm not ordering korma. You know, I'll order a curry. But I've, I've had it in the past where we'll, we'll maybe try a different place, right? And the uh, curry comes and you take one bite and you're like, for fuck's sake, but you've paid money for it, you know? And you're old school, so you're done as you're done. You're not getting fuck all. And you just b- plough through it. I've had it not that long ago. I remember sitting in my living room. I had tea towels, two tea towels, right? Because I was... Didn't want to touch one with the other and f- bugger up my eyes then. Two tea towels, I had a pint of milk, I had water, and I mean, it was it was painful, you know? It was literally, take a mouthful of curry, get it done, wipe the sweat out your eyes, make sure you've not got any curry sauce on your hands or, or the foot or nothing anywhere near you, so nothing can get in your skin and burn you. And the missus like, just leave it, man, don't be stupid, just leave it. I'm like, fucking no chance, I'm leaving it, fuck off. Again, again, don't do this to yourself, just, I'll make you something. <laughs> There's nothing worse than when you order a curry. And it's a curry you've had literally thousands of times in your life, you know. And then it turns up and it's fucking blow the tits off you, man. You put the first spoonful in and it's like, Sunday, 
grabs you by the cock and the boss sack and just rips it down while simultaneously fucking punching you in the face. You're like, oh, what the fuck happened? I remember a, a, a friend, no, not a friend, an acquaintance, and he's a fucking dick anyway, but he's kind of, the reason being, every chilli, you know, if it's a good place and you use fresh chilies, then every chilli can be stronger than the next, you know, so sometimes you just get, you're just unlucky when you get that curry that flies up and, shut the fuck up. The, the chances of you getting a, an Indian restaurant that has taken it to that level of standard, most of the places we are going to is some guy in the back of a shop, in his wife fronts and a pair of flip-flops, with a fucking head, dressed head to toe in something that are sports direct, frying up a massive pot of tomato soup and fucking in some curry powder. That's your, that's the fucking Indians we're getting. It's the fresh chilies and something, you should really actually just nip the top of it, just to, just to taste for the strength of the chilli before they make your dish individually, you know? Shut up. But mate, nothing worse. Once I got a Thai curry, a green Thai curry, and I actually thought the woman was trying to assassinate me. I actually thought, I took one spoonful of this curry, and the first thought in my head is, this is Novichok, or somebody's put a hit out in me, and the woman for the fucking Thai curry shop's in on it. I've never, I've never tasted anything like it. That's what I imagine being in Chernobyl must have felt like. As soon as I took a spoonful of that curry, I imagine that's the physical pain that people who were trapped in the reactor felt like in Chernobyl. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit extreme, but <laughs> that should be the view of the curry. A curry so hot, I felt like I was in Chernobyl. <laughs> but you're right, mate. There's, there's no need for it. There's no need to be sitting there sweating your pants off. In the name of your dinner. You might enjoy your dinner, for fuck's sake, you know? It shouldn't be a challenge. All right, people are like, could you eat 50 steaks and four baked potatoes? Like, that's fine, but the, the heat stuff or the hot stuff, no for me. I enjoy a bit of warmth if it's party, but no, no an aggressive, violent, you know? I don't want my mouth to be assaulted when I'm eating my dinner. I don't want to be able to take a, a mouthful of curry and understand the pain a man went through inside a reactor as it melts his skin off. That's maybe a bit too much. Good question, but Kenny, thanks for that, mate. Guy, knew I want a curry. Knew it's in my head that we should get a curry for my tea. No, let me just have a nice casual one. We'll see. Now I don't know how. I don't know where I saw this. I don't know when. I don't know when it. I, I was watching something, and I don't know if it was. You know, sometimes when you when you watch like Netflix or you're watching like a box set or whatever it is, and the TV switches back to kind of terrestrial, and you just happen to catch the glimpse of a program or something. I don't know if it was that, or I don't know if it was somebody was showing me something and it was playing after. Anyway, I saw this thing, and it was talking about Kit Kats, right? And I never understood, until you start travelling, and this is a place I do want to go to, but until you start travelling, you don't see some of the kind of weird quirks that other countries have or other people have or other parts of the world have until you get there, you know? And then if they come to Scotland and they're like, oh, you, you eat with a knife and not with your feet. Weird stuff, right? But 
I saw this, and when I first heard it, I thought, can't be right. And then I googled it, and I was like, fuck it, that is right. Kit Kats in Japan are effectively sacred. They are effectively a religion in Japan. And when I found this out, I was blown away. Apparently, there is over 300 different types of Kit Kats that you can get in Japan. <laughs> 300 different types of Kit Kat. Why? I do not know how this has happened. Not a fucking clue. Over 300 different types. Again, when I first heard that, I thought, this is an absolute bummer. And then I googled it. And when I was looking at this stuff, I just could not believe it. So, this is from the Kit Kat in Japan Wikipedia page, because why not? Uh, history of Kit Kat in Japan, right? Kit Kats were introduced to Japan in 1973 when Roundtree's made an agreement with Fuyage. In 2014, they were the top-selling confectionery in the country. Now, think about this. Maybe this is why, like, Japan and China and some of those Asian countries are shite, because their, their puddings are shite. You ever go to a Chinese restaurant and have, and have a dessert? Ah, oh, it is vile. Vile! Would you like it to say that? I don't know what accent. Would you like it to say that's that? I'd rather have one of those fucking baby things in an egg. A baby fucking chick in an egg covered in chocolate. That would be a better meal than some of the desserts you get in a Chinese restaurant. So is it any surprise that a Kit Kat is the, is the highest selling confectionery in Japan? I, I don't know what they had before it. But if, if you put any of those weird kind of Asian things up against a fucking good old Kit Kat, Kit Kat's winning every time, man. And to be fair to the Japanese, you know, 2014, top selling confectionery. They knew that, you know. They've been through years of hell. They've had a fucking an atomic bomb dropped on them, you know. And they're going, life can't get any worse. Surely there's hope out there. And they had a fucking Kit Kat and that. In the name of God, what a fucking confectionery this is. Kit Kat brand took the number one sales position from Mijai Chocolate. I mean, even the name of that sounds disgusting. Uh, though Mijai remained the leading confectionery company in Japan overall. Well, do you know what, Mijai? You can get to fuck, mate, because the Kit Kat is numero uno. 2004, the green tea flavour, disgusting. Was introduced since then. The product has been sold in more than 300 seasonal and regional flavours. Top selling flavour of the candy bar in 2010 was soya sauce. Fuck off! Soya sauce. <laughs> this is just all the stereotypes playing out. You know, I mean, what is that? Is this just like a load of executives in a room going, right, lads, listen up, look. You're not going to believe it. The fucking Japs are buying these. We can't make Kit Kats quick enough. And the fucking Japs are... They're fighting. The cunts are fighting, man. They love a fucking scrap, eh, boys? They're fighting in the streets. All these Kit Kats. So listen, lads, I've called you all here today. You're my top boys. You're my top minds behind a Kit Kat, right? 
We've had the two finger. We've had the four finger. I didn't think we could go any further and you boys turn up with a chunky. Unbelievable. That, I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget the day I sat here. And I'll, I'll be honest to you, I've told you this story before. I sat in this very chair. And in my head I went, these daft bastards have pushed this fucking chocolate confectionery as far as it'll go. You went, they got to do a six finger. And he's went the wrong way. And you went one finger. And I thought, oh, in the name of God, they're after not. But it's a big fat chunky finger. I thought, sign me up. Sign me up. And then we had the chocolate orange finger. You know, for a short time there, we had the mint one as well, and I thought maybe that's gone a bit too far. Now we've got a white Kit Kat, we've got a dark Kit Kat, but boys, the Japs have got a refined palate. So, my best salesmen, my best confectioners, my best chocolatiers, talk to me. What is the flavour that we're going to hit Japan with next to storm the market for years to come? I'll open it up to the floor. Soy sauce. <laughs> and that would have been the end of the meeting. That would have been as far as the meeting would have went. Soy sauce. Sold. Nobody's going to sit and go, what? Is that not a bit racist? How? Do they, do they, when I say you soy sauce, what's the first thing that comes to your head? China. Well, it's fucking, you say China, I say Japanese, you know. <laughs> a soy sauce Kit Kat. And the fucking Japs loved it, man. To be fair, to be fair, I'm sitting here arguing that maybe slightly racist, maybe slightly lazy at the very least. But they fucking loved it, you know. They loved it. I'm sure the wee Japanese guy went to the fucking Kit Kat market. He's like, ah, oh, arigato, the fucking Kit Kato. <laughs> Arigato the Kigato <laughs> Oh We're treading a fine line of racism in this podcast Arigato Kigato You know he's maybe moved his way along the Kit Kat conveyor belt And he's like uh, Two finger Ah no no good Four finger Ah no no good One a single chunky finger Ah not today Oh my god Sausage Kigato Fucking shoving it into the basket. Oh, that's so, 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 so. oh. 2010, my soy sauce cacato. Uh, Nestle attributes the, the success of the flavour varieties to the tradition of omengi, omayagi, in which regional specialities are brought back for family and co workers from trips away. The company believes the limited edition. Seasonal model creates a sacredity and rarity of value for customers. There you go. Right, here are some of the uh, additional varieties of Kit Kat that have been made available um, over the years. And uh, let's see if any of these take your, take your fancy. Right? Obviously, we've got the, the famous uh, soy sauce Kit Kato of uh, 2010. Uh, apple. No. Bakeable custard. What? Baked potato. <laughs> they had a baked potato flavoured Kit Kat. Banana. Stinking. Blueberry cheesecake. Mm. Butter. A butter flavoured Kit A butter. Butter flavoured Kit Kat. The fuck is wrong with these cuts, man? Cantaloupe. Oh. Cherry. Mm. Chestnut. Right, okay. Uh, Choco banana. What? Corn. 
it's gone. Running out of ideas at that point, just sitting, all the guys in a, in a massive table, <laughs> just smoking away. We've done every fucking flavour there is, man. I mean, we've done soy sauce, we've done rice wine, we've done chicken fried rice, we've done Cantonese sweet and sour. What made the cunts, man? Corn? Fuck's sake. Corn's a great idea, man. Fucking get them corn. There's one called Exotic Tokyo. Eh? What's that? Uh, another one. European cheese. A European... A European... Generic? European cheese flavoured Kit. It's a Kit Kat, remember? You get any of the European cheese Kit Kats? Big... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Kobe pudding. Sounds disgusting. Uh, Ruby chocolate. Sake. Yuzo. Triple berry swirl, vegetable juice Kit Kat, wasabi Kit Kat, minging, watermelon, disgusting, miso soup flavoured Kit Kat, lemon cheesecake, salt and caramel, mochi, sweet pudding, Tokyo banana, pumpkin, pear and red potato, to name but a few. Absolutely rancid. Now, if, if, if in any way... You fancy trying some of these exotic ones. I, I did see that you can go on Amazon, right, and they are selling packs. I think you can get a 50-pack or a 100-pack, um, a variety box of different Japanese-inspired Kit Kats. 20 quid uh, plus delivery for a 50-box Japanese Kit Kat. Why you'd want to do that, I do not know, man. Eh? In times when the world is struggling, maybe that's the ultimate flash. You know, maybe people used to go to big hotels and fancy dinners. No, you just buy a box of fucking mad miso and banana Kit Kats for, for Japan. Who knows? Absolutely fucking stinking, man. Stinking. The Japs are a mad bunch. The Japs are a mad bunch. Let me say that for them. But maybe, maybe this is the way we bond. Maybe we find a, a neutral ground over Kit Kat, you know? Maybe the Japanese like, hey, fucking, hey, lads, come on. You ever had one of these, my lad? Fucking put that away, mate. Just, we're classic, mate. Have an old school four finger. There you go, and a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, Japanese Kit Kats. We'll literally talk about any old shit in this show, so. <laughs> no topic too big. No subject too small. COVID lockdowns, Scotland in chaos, and Japanese Kit Kats. What a fucking episode. <laughs> right, let's wrap this one up. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Guys, please do share the podcast if you're enjoying it. Get on your socials. Um, the videos are on YouTube, remember, as well. Um... So yeah, give them a watch and give them a wee share for the YouTube page. Uh, it's, all, it's all about units. It's all about growing numbers, man. You know? It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Um, once again, thank you to all the Patreons. Thank you to everybody who supports the show. I cannot thank you enough. These are fucking legends, every single one of these. Um, we're, we're, we're a short number off. We're only 25 away from hitting the first target on Patreon. of getting 100 patrons, so... If you want to support the show, if you want to see what you're missing out, if you want access to the extra episodes that go out every single week, 
um, then get on that, patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. As I said, it's the only way you can get to see the live stream comedy gig at the end of the month, and it's the only way you can access all the comedy albums for free as well. So do that um, if you want it. Why would you not, man? Treat yourself. Pound a week. A pound a week. Where else can you get this level of entertainment for a quid a week? Nowhere. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Right? Look after yourself, guys. Thank you once again for listening to the show. Very much appreciated. Um, remember, we've got the quiz every single f- Wednesday on Facebook. Um, 8.30pm every Wednesday, doing the quarantine quiz. Podcast is on Wednesday. Enjoy it. Patreon episode comes out on Friday. Enjoy that. And uh, live comedy gig at the end of the month, 28th of November. Enjoy that. Stay safe. Wash your hands and your arsehole <laughs> and I'll hopefully see you in a battlefield very soon Onwards. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad High quality fashion without the price tag Say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.